It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And I don't get to ask this question nearly enough, but I'm going to throw the ball right away. Joining us on the show now, the driver of the 03 Sprint Car throughout the area, Shaley Bade. And Shaley, uh, when was the last time you were over at Joe's? Um, Before I was pregnant. So Ooh. it's been over a year now. We got to get you back over there. Yes, I agree. I was actually just talking to some guy at the races and he was just at Joe's not too long ago. And I told him if he beat me, I'd give him a shirt. He said it's on. <laughs> so I will be there soon. All right. Well, I might take you up on that challenge, too. I've, I've been known to beat a couple of racers here and there. Hey, challenge yeah, accepted. With, with, with 10 lap head starts. <laughs> I beat him. <laughs> hey, win is a win. Win's a win. That's right. I did it how I did it. Dan's the, only guy that, Dan's the only guy that won a rain out at Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember a couple of years ago when I want to say it was maybe three years ago when Eagle did that beef stroganoff Roganoff thing where all the classes raced at the same time. So they picked a driver. There was a sprint car driver, modified driver, sport modified driver, uh, hobby stock. And at that time, sport compact driver. And it was a thousand dollars to win. And I want to say the sport compact driver started last, you know, they let the sprint car driver go uh, and they had to, everybody had to complete 10 laps and I can't remember the order they did it, but either, anyway, they did it. They tried to stagger it so that it was an advantage to so that everybody had the same, basically the same opportunity to, to win the race. And the sport compact guy ended up winning it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that where they had all the cars on the track? Yeah. Okay. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. It was I, all the points leaders at that time. Yeah, that, like is that how you established in the it? points? Yes. Yeah. And I think it, it was a thousand dollars to win. And I want to say, yeah, it was Zach Bullmeyer that won it, a sport compact driver. Got a thousand bucks. He said that's the most money he's won in a race in a long time. He wouldn't, uh, if he won in a compact, he would have had to only do like eight laps if the other cars were doing 10. Well, I want to say that, like, I don't remember exactly how they did it, but they, they must have started him first. So he got to complete a lap or two, and then they sent the modified out, then they sent the sport mod out, then the hobby stock, and then the sprint car was last. Huh. And it, they tried to stagger it as best they could, but it didn't, it didn't work at all. I remember after the race, Roger came over and goes, well, that'll be the last time we do that. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably thinking that was stupid. No, it's it a pretty cool watch. thing for them to do. Yeah, definitely yeah, different. All right, Shaylee, it's been a while. We're yes. a stained song here. How you been? You know, I've actually have had better days, but I've had worse days at the <laughs> moment. I'm not doing too bad if we're talking personally, but if we're talking racing, this has probably been the worst season so far, and we've only been racing one month. Jeez. Uh, yeah, you uh, uh, had some issues over at Knoxville a couple of weeks ago? Yes. Uh, car pretty much destroyed? Yes. The car is destroyed. Um, initially after the wreck, we thought maybe the motor was fine. My seat is fine and the headers were fine. Uh, we pulled the motor, we checked 
under the butterfly because we realized that the butterfly was bent, which is weird. And the cylinder was full of carbonized fuel, which ended up pitting out the fuel injection. So we pulled off the fuel injection and then there were a couple rods just laying there, not in the right place. So turns out the motor was hurt. So basically we've destroyed an entire car on our first night at Knoxville. (laughs) fast enough that's not hard to do yeah yes Knox. yes if you guys have been to knoxville it is a very very fast track uh that track will definitely make you or break everything that you have and it pretty much broke everything that we had except for the driver except for the driver yes driver's good i had a few bruises but definitely nothing bad my pride was hurt the worst in that wreck it's just Being a driver, a team owner, me and my husband own all of our stuff and we work on it. Um, Our crew chief, Joe Schneider, comes out basically every single day and we haul ass in the shop getting everything ready for next week. And it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's financially exhausting. It's mentally exhausting. And as a driver, I cannot get a solid run for the life of me. And that just ends up wearing on you. It's like, am I even doing the right thing anymore? Do I need to find a hobby? Is this my sign? Like, do I need to quit? But, you know, everybody has these moments in racing. And if you haven't, you haven't been racing long enough. So, I mean, I've been doing this technically now 21 years I missed a season being pregnant and this has been by far the worst. And I guess if this is as worst as it gets, we should be considering, we should be considered lucky. Yeah. Like some people, we talked to some guy and he blew up two motors in one night. He said, when you do that, then you guys can talk to me about bad nights. (laughs) I was like, hopefully we never have to go through that, but it's exhausting, but you know what? It is what it is. We will rebuild and we will be back. That a girl. I've talked to drivers at every level of racing. And the one thing I just always look at them and say, look, if this was easy, everybody'd do it. Exactly. And this horse, the sport, not this horse, this sport can be very, very humbling. You've tried <laughs> to take the next step. And I, I know you've been very loyal to Eagle. And it kind of feels like you were, you got to the point where you'd grown as far as you could with being a weekly racer at Eagle. You could stay there and continue to be the, 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 the weekly racer at Eagle and nothing wrong with that. But if you want to grow, you got to move to a different track and Knoxville is a big step. It's a whole different animal and there's just a lot of learning that has yet to be done. Yes. And it's almost like, even though we've been doing this for so long, once you go to Knoxville, it almost feels like we're starting from square one, but that's good. Like, look how much we have to learn. Like that's what makes this sport so exciting. Like everywhere you go, you can learn so much more just when you think you have learned enough. Like there's so much more out there. You can never learn enough. You can never talk, you know, to enough people getting their inputs. Like, yes, you take it with a grain of salt, but it's there. Yeah. Well, Well, you got to realize where that input's coming from. If it's coming from Steve Kinzer, 
You don't have to worry about the salt. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Hands down. But, you know, you're also competing against them. So once you're starting to get a threat, then they're not going to talk to you anymore about what you should be doing. Right. But until then, everybody in this sport is very good about helping you get to where you need to go, keeping you on the right track, because in the long run, they're with you on the track. If you're a squirrel all the time, if you're spinning out all the time, if you're wrecking people all the time, that costs them money. That costs everybody money. So the straighter everybody can be, the better everybody can be, the less money hopefully you're going to have to spend it. It should be all fun, you know, less yeah, time, maintenance, money. I've told everything. Dan that story. I got that same information from Dennis Setzer at a truck race uh, season finale championship weekend in Homestead one time. He was explaining some to a younger driver about trail breaking through the corners. And, uh, you know, he was just telling me what he told him. And he says, I got to tell him. He goes, I might try and pass him. He goes, I don't want him in my side. So yes. I tell them what they need to do. Exactly. And that's what's so awesome about this sport. You know, you meet so many great people and I've had a lot of help over the years. I've given a lot of help, whether people take my advice or not, but yeah. this is definitely one sport that everybody helps each other at. To you may be competitors extent. on the track, but you're friends in the pits. Right. Right. And, and like you were mentioning, they'll help you to a certain extent. I always yes. love when, uh, when I went down one night after uh, Cody Ledger won a race, and I went down to the pits and I was talking to Jack Dover and I said, yeah, you know, I had that go. And he goes, well, guess we're done helping Cody. Yep. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, you know, and, and you, you, I was thinking about a Saturday night as Gene Acklin uh, wrecked in turns three and four. Mm -hmm. And as they were moving his car off the, off the track, I kind of thought I was trying to get a good look at it. I thought that might just be a top wing. He could go to any other sprint car in that field. And if they've got an extra one, they'll lend it to him. Oh, definitely. But I think he went the same route that a lot of other drivers did and just decided, let's not risk it. Yes. And if you were at Eagle this last weekend, it was a very rough track. I mean, we got so much rain. The track was heavy. It was soft all the way down. And, you know, as drivers knowing coming into the weekend, like we kind of anticipated what that track was going to do. Mm -hmm. So it's like, do you risk it or do you not? We definitely did not. We didn't even run the B. It wasn't worth it. This car that I've been driving in the 305. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you this last, that last weekend, um, that car drove me. I did not drive it. <laughs> it was a rodeo. Yeah. Um, this is the car that I also wrecked out at nationals. The previous year, we got it fixed. It came back from the chassis builder. Everything, you know, was quote unquote good. Put it together. We went out for the first night with it and the car just wanted to leave the track. All it wanted to do is drive off the track and leave. It pushed towards the wall no matter what we did. So we were like, okay, took it to the shop, you know, found a couple things wrong. We found a bent shock. We were like, okay, we also found a couple other small things. And we decided to give this car one more go around to see if we could fix its problem. We went out there last weekend and yes, my pushing problem was better, but it also made a lot of things worse. This car would do one thing going into one turn and do the absolute opposite in the center of the turn and then throw you a curveball coming out of the turn. And then you'd go around and you would expect the same thing, but it would do something different. Mm -hmm. 
which is why I went straight back in my heat race and we decided that it was not worth running the B main. We've been fighting this car. There's no work. There's no need to wreck it and rebuild. Like we already have pretty much a full car. We can tear down. We'll get a new frame. We will rebuild and come back. Yeah. Well, you don't want to go out and fight the car and the track. No, it wasn't worth it. Sometimes it's worth it, but other times it's not. And the way our luck's been going at the beginning of this year, we are tired and burnt out of building cars. So we decided to take what little we had left and try to rebuild next time. <laughs> Let's back up just a little bit. You, you kind of talked a little bit about it, that you uh, became a mama, made the announcement beginning of the season last year that uh, you uh, you and Chris were expecting. So Chris decided to become a driver. Talk about that conversation and that decision. You know, he was very hesitant on it. And I told him, and if you guys are ever a husband and wife racing team, let me tell you, it is tension seven days a week. <laughs> Every time, like, it's you should have done this. You should have done that. Well, why didn't you do this? And I said, Chris, you know, this would be a really good time for you to jump in that car. You always tell me how to drive, like, time to put the money where your mouth is. Like, I really think you should do it, and you think you can do it, so I think you should definitely do it. And that's all the convincing it took. He said, okay. He bought a seat. He bought a motor. He jumped in it. The first time firing it up, before he even fired up, he's like, you know, I'm kind of scared to fire it up. I'm like, dude, if you're scared to fire it up, you might as well just quit now because that's the easiest thing to do. Hit a switch and everything should just fire on for you. He's like, I got it. I got it. But honestly, in the end, I think it bettered our relationship and our, our team just because now he doesn't jump down my throat as much, which yeah. is very nice. He as understands. <laughs> yeah. As much quote. Yeah. So he understands that, you know, yes, I should have gone here, but sometimes the car just doesn't allow you, or you don't know if there's somebody on, coming on the inside of you or right there on the outside to do a slide job. Like you just don't know. And it's like, do you take that risk? So now he definitely has a better understanding, which is nice on my part. Well, it's got to help him too, as a crew chief. I mean, that's the automatic is that definitely now I, I can imagine that the communication level between you two, that when you say something about what the car's doing, now he's got experience to understand what you might be yeah. saying. He knows exactly the feeling that I had. So, I mean, it helped all the way around. Everything is better. Our home life is better. Our racing life is better, you know, for the most part, besides bad luck, but <laughs> it's definitely a lot better. All right. And you got to celebrate your first Mother's Day this weekend. Uh, yes. that's what's been the bigger change for you. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know what to compare it to. There's nothing to compare it to. Like that's gotta be a whole different life experience. Yeah. Um, it is, it's definitely difficult. I now don't understand why people have so many kids. <laughs> Dogs are great. Dogs are really good. I Pigs think we might too. be yeah, uh, yeah, you know, they are, but holy crap, they are so much work. Like when people say they're so much work and then actually living it, they're so much work yeah. and so much time and they're always there. 
They always come back. But it's How- good, you know, it's good. I'm just, it's sleep deprived. It wears on you. And then you have all this racing stuff, but it is good. This is going to be completely worth it in five years. Yeah. I- so all this practice with smoky bacon was no good? No. <laughs> no, it was not. Like people do not frown upon your pig having their own room. And when you have to leave for a long duration, leaving your pig in a room and shutting the door. Now, if I tell people, oh, where's your kid? Oh, I left it in the room and I shut the door, but they'll be fine. I'm probably going to go to jail. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> There's a good chance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it's been good. I can't complain too much. How is Smokey taking it? He's a very good baby. Um, She's actually taking it a lot better than I thought she was. Uh, If you know anything about pigs, pigs need to establish dominance. So if you had a video camera in my house when my child was about one day old, eh, I guess he came home at like three days old. I'm literally taking this tiny infant and chasing this pig around the house. That way my child can establish dominance when he does start to get mobile and being able to be on the ground that my child is a big pig and not a small pig. Yeah. So doing that, Smokey has taken to him very well. She's only charged him twice. She's not physically actually touched him. She minds very well. She was very curious when we first brought him home, wondering what that was. Yeah. But all in all, for her being a pig, she's done so good. So good. That's awesome. I I tell you, I give you a thousand percent credit because it sounds like something my girlfriend would do of that you researched behavioral tactics for a pig that you knew that yes because she would do the same thing like now i'm imagining that she's going to take our kid out to the chicken coop and establish the pecking order with the kid and the chickens uh-huh. and the ducks. hey you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> chris said our my worst fear before i even had this child is that my kid's going to be eating chips and he's going to have chip residue on his fingers and Smokey's going to physically take an entire finger. Yeah. Which is a genuine fear that I have. And Chris said, if he, if Smokey does, we will no longer have Smokey. So I have done everything in my power to do this the right way to prevent that from happening. Have, you and, together, have you and Chris been together longer than Smokey's been around? Um, yes, we have. Okay. So So. me and Chris have been together 10 years in June and Smokey is eight. Okay. So Chris was around when you got Smokey. Yes. Yes. Okay. And when I told him I wanted a pig, he said, no, I said, well, what if I bring a pig home? He's like, well, then I can't say anything about it. I said, (laughs) okay, well, Friday came and I brought a pig home and he was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, surprise. Oh man. And she's been here ever since. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Let's go back a little bit farther too. I I don't remember if we've talked since you've gone through the whole transition of the work experience, at least on the show. I know you and I've had conversations about it. You were, where were you working at an auto sales in Lincoln? Used car lot. Um, yes, I was working at Bigler Motors. That's it. Um, would have been two, three years ago now. And my boss 
passed away in a car accident. So they were forced to close. And then after that, I opened my own business for a while. I was a one person shop. I did um, bed liners, detailing, ceramic coating, light body collision, anything painting, hydro dipping, pretty much anything automotive related I did. It ended up getting to be a lot once COVID hit because Mm -hmm. nobody wanted to spend money on themselves, you know, getting their car pretty or fixing it. They just took the insurance money and ran. So that kind of forced me to get a different job. And then I started working at Hilaro Modification Center, working on aircraft. So then I started painting airplanes. Oh my gosh. How cool. Yeah. So still painting something different. And then obviously when I got pregnant, I cannot be around paint. So that threw me another curveball. So I moved upstairs to medical mounts. So I worked on medical aircraft and making and assembling mounts for them. Okay. And which I'm still kind of doing part time. And uh, focusing mostly on, on being a mama. Yes, I am a full-time stay-at-home mom with a one-day part-time job. And when I say part-time, I mean part-time. You work one day a week? I work one half day a week. That's not bad at all. No, it's not bad at all. But, (laughs) you know, it sounds like, oh, she doesn't work. But let me tell you, if you don't have kids, like kids are work. They are a full-time job. And Chris and I weighed the option of me going back to work full-time, which I was going to. I never thought about being a stay-at-home mom at all. And by the time we pay for daycare, I literally don't take home anything, which really wasn't worth it. Like I might as well raise my own kid, you know, try to give him the best childhood. I love spending all of this time with him, but yes, Mm -hmm. I do love to get my adult time and to get away from him, but it's good for both of us. And, you know, like they say, they only grow up one time, like the baby phase is one time. So I'm definitely enjoying it. I'm very thankful that I'm able to do it. And I can't thank Chris enough for letting me do it. Yeah. And uh, luckily he's got uh, Helga Construction, which I assume is doing well. Yes. Helga Construction is doing well. He does gutters, roofing, siding, but he majors in gutters. He is very busy. Obviously, it's very hard to find people who do want to work. So he could probably use a couple more people, but either way, he's making it work. If they have to work a little bit longer, it is what it is. Yeah. Good deal. You're there. talking about him getting more people. I remember when you had a little bit of help, help wanted out on Facebook and some of the people that would come on there and comment. Oh, I know. What, people how old are, are you, crazy. Are you six or what? You know, yes, I know that was terrible. People are crazy, but it is what it is. We're talking with Shaley Bay, driver of the 03 Sprint car throughout the area. Original plans for 2022 was focus on your 360 at Knoxville. Um, and as as quickly as, as the accident happened, those plans seem to have changed. Yes. And boy, did they change. They changed for me. I I wouldn't say the worst, but I mean, it's definitely a night and day difference than what we were going to do. And then now what we are doing, we wanted to run points full time out at Knoxville this year, but 
Parts are very hard to get right now. I've had a motor sitting at my motor builder for about seven months now, and my parts just got shipped earlier this week. So hopefully they can get that bad boy turned around and shipped to us. As soon as they do ship it to us, we will ship our other 360 back to them to get that thing worked on. So right now I am 360 motorless. I don't have any more, unfortunately, but it's okay because we're still going to be racing. We still have a 305. Yes, we took it down to a bare frame, threw the frame away. We just dropped the motor in another frame, and we are rebuilding again. This is like car number four in four races. But it's okay. It's okay. It is what it is. Like, this is what we do. This is what we signed up for. Some seasons are better than others. This is just the cards we're dealt this year. Thoughts about is, do you think Chris will ever get back into a car? (laughs) As soon as I get pregnant again. <laughs> so there are plans for a phase him. two. I said, I'm good. I don't need a dog would be great. We do not need any more kids. I think we could just spoil the heck out of one and be good. But yeah. I personally think he wants another one. I don't know if he wants another kid to have another kid or if he just wants to get back in the car again. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. (laughs) Yes. But I think if we, obviously we did not plan um, to have this child uh, just kind of happened. So if we did plan it, you know, I would plan to only miss maybe a couple months of racing season, not an entire racing season. Yeah. So we'll see what the future holds right now. I don't see any more kids in the future, but time will tell. Time will absolutely tell. Um, <laughs> all right. I think we covered it all. Uh, anything you need to need to make sure and talk about? Um, no, I don't think I need to talk about anything. I mean, I totally appreciate you guys having me on here catching up. I mean, a lot's happened in the past two years, yeah. racing wise, life wise. So I thank you guys for getting an update and it's always fun talking to you guys well, yeah it's always a good time i still think there is something you need to talk about you need to thank those people that are helping you up and down the road oh man i couldn't do it without my team obviously my husband he puts work day in and day out gets up at five o'clock in the morning i mean we work in the shop till 10 11 joe's out here like i said every single day they are both busting their butts i would personally like to be out in the shop a little more this year but having a small child that can't walk it's very difficult um but next year you know should be a little bit better so thank you joe chris for all of your time dedication hard work and money holy crap we've spent so much money this year but it's all good you know sponsors carpet land rose graphics mirage graphics couldn't do it without you guys hopefully we'll have a better ending than we did a start (laughs) (laughs) absolutely shaley it's always good catching up with you thanks so much for taking the time and we're gonna do our best to make sure it doesn't go as long this time as it did last time that sounds good thank you guys all right take it easy tonight thank you you guys too thanks we'll talk to you later thank you all right sounds good see you guys yeah peace out (laughs) shaley bay joining us on the show uh such a great great time great person to talk to always love talking to her 
Yep. Still the only uh, pet pig owner I know. So, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in turn number two and we're going to get you set for the weekend of racing to come, including. Dirk and I read down to Kansas Speedway. We'll talk more about that coming up in turn number two. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe's Karting for more information. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids' night. Tuesdays are all you can eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Too quick to stick and lose. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch. Rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. If you happen to be listening to this on Thursday morning, as you should, weather pending, there is a classic car cruising set for tonight. And I think I'm going to try to make it out there. And uh, it's been a long, long time since I've been out to a classic car cruising. So I'm going to try to make it out there, uh, obviously, Thursday night. And again, uh, weather permitting. So make sure to follow the Quaker Steak and Lube Facebook page for updates. But most of the time, they're going to continue to have uh, classic car cruising. It just depends on if there's going to be a band or not, or uh, the live DJ. So that's really the only difference. If you want to get to Quaker Steak and Lube, make sure you do it on uh, Thursday nights for classic car cruising. And boozing. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I realize you don't, but there's a lot of people that do. <laughs> Big thanks to Shaley May for joining us in uh, turn number one. Uh, great to get caught up with her. Good interview. Always a good conversation. And uh, one thing we, we really didn't cover, I kind of talked to her about it uh, last Saturday night, was I kind of wanted to talk about her dad and the passing of her dad. But then kind of when we were in the heart of the interview, it just didn't feel right. And you know, while Butch has obviously been very missed over the last year and a half or so, uh, sometimes it's best just to let things, let sleeping dogs lie and just not bring up that stuff. Oh, I totally agree. I uh, I was glad you didn't go there. I thought at one point I thought she was going to, but she never did. So, yeah, I kind of felt that too. I, I kind of, she said this, I asked her, but she goes, so what are you going to ask me about it? You know, very rarely people ask, what are we going to talk about? But usually we just give them the spiel of, we'll just talk about what you got going on and what's been happening and, you know, make sure to cover your sponsors, yada, yada, yada. But this one, I said, you know, we, we might talk about your dad. And she kind of cringed a little bit. And I said, if you want to avoid it, we can. And she said, uh, you know, bring it up. We'll see where it goes. If it doesn't go well, then, then you know, then you can cut it out. So uh, I ended up just not bringing it up because it's just something that, like I said, just probably didn't need to be brought up. Yeah, she was pretty close to her dad. So, Oh, God. Yeah, it, it's such a heartbreaking thing. You know what? I kept thinking about it because the journalist in me that wants to go for the heart tug and the, you know, uh, the 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 storyline of God, what an up and down year she's had. She lost her dad. She came she became pregnant. She missed a year of racing. Her husband became a race car driver. Then she had a baby and she has to go through the emotions of having a baby. And, and many people have of 
not being able to experience that with her father. And there's just a lot of things about it that, that I wanted to touch on, but just kind of wanted to let it go. But yeah, they've had a real up and down, you know, three years. Yeah. And I mean, they're not the only ones don't, you know, we're not saying, you know, poor, poor Shaylee. That's not what we're saying, but it's just, uh, you know, it's, she's had a rough time, you know, the whole family. So a lot of changes in life, ton of changes in her life. So, you know, her rock is gone and, uh, her second rock is still there. Old smoky bacon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hesitate. I, it's tough to find another person in the pits that hit, that has given so much to, to his daughters like Butch did with uh, Mariah Chantel and Shaylee. Uh, he put them down and let them try cart racing. They loved it. They got addicted to it and he backed them wholeheartedly, whatever they wanted, whatever they wanted to do. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say that because I know Shaylee said that he wasn't very happy when she wanted to go 360 racing because he wasn't a big fan of the speeds and the, the danger of a 360, but yeah, it, it, oh, he was a big fan of the price of the engine too, compared to a 305. <laughs> that might have actually been it. <laughs> you but know. you know, he's he he gave a lot to the to the sport, and and not just to those three girls. Uh, he gave Neil Nikolai a chance. He lent money, lent parts, uh, helped find sponsors for numerous drivers in the pits. I know I could think of you know, like I said, Neil Nikolai, uh, Ryan Kitchen, um. Stu Snyder, he helped out. There, there's just so many people that that if if they called him and asked him for advice, he would stop whatever he was doing and help him out. Just just such a great guy. Absolutely, totally agree. All right, let's move on again. Big thanks to Shaley Bay for joining us. If you missed any part of that interview, uh, make sure you go back and listen to it, and please like it up and share it up. We we need your guys' support. We need your guys to like us. And uh, we got I got notification last week that uh, Facebook isn't going to allow us to post the playable version of the podcast on the on the uh, on our page starting in june so if that's the way you've been listening to it please go and follow it on spotify on itunes google play on amazon music on audible there's so many different places that we're available on please go and follow it that way when we put out a new episode you guys can get notified right away and uh, you're not relying on your facebook feed to get it to you so make sure to like it up and share it up so that way everybody else can get the word and you can get out there. Uh, all right, let's talk about the weekend of racing to come and news and notes. I've got one question on what we were just covering there. Yes. You know, with where they can listen, can they still go uh, a couple days later or whatever? Are we still posting on YouTube? No, we pretty much stopped on YouTube. I, I could right. start that up if there was a demand for it, but the the it never really was there. And the frustrating thing with YouTube is you have to leave your phone screen on in order to hear the audio. Once the screen times out or shuts off, then you lo- the, the audio stops. So that's kind of the reason why we switched away from that. But if there's a demand, let us know. We, I, I'll, we'll gladly go back to posting, uh, excuse me, posting it on YouTube. It's relatively easy to do, just needs a couple of steps. But we just kind of got away from it because it, it really wasn't the platform for us. All right. Uh, All right question. All right, then. Dirk's question is answered. Boy, there is a lot of racing to come. A lot of racing this weekend. I love it. I I started to jot down all of the different places that are racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I went through three pages of notes, and I haven't even got to Sunday yet. 
So if you're listening on Thursday, US 30 Speedway is racing their, their normal IMCA points night, Thursday night thunder at US 30 Speedway. Late models, hobby stocks, sport mods, and stock cars, hot laps at 720. I think that's kind of an odd time, but if that works for them, that works. Uh, and then racing starts at 8 o'clock. Also racing Thursday night, Lakeside Speedway with the USAC 410 Sprints and USRA Stock Cars along with USRA B-Mods. They're going to be doing hot laps at 7 o'clock and racing at 7.30. So Thursday night racing sounds like uh, either head south to uh, Lakeside Speedway or head west to uh, US 30 Speedway. Do I have that direction right? West and a little bit north? For US 30? Mm-hmm. It's pretty much west. Yeah, it's a few miles to the north, more west than north far. I would say anybody that that is that can uh, pack up an RV, head south, go to you go to Lakeside Speedway for Thursday and Friday, and then head over to Kansas Speedway for Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be a great four days of racing between local dirt at Lakeside Speedway on Friday, on Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday uh, asphalt NASCAR with uh, the Camping World Truck Series and the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, trucks racing on Saturday camping, uh, excuse me, the cup series racing on Sunday. So a uh, great four days of racing down there. I wish we'd get down they there. Have for- they have ARCA on Friday. They do have ARCA on Friday. I forgot all about those guys. ARCA is going to be racing at the night race. I think six o'clock or six 30, probably Angels open. Hmm. Doesn't really say, I would say six, o'clock, six o'clock. That's really odd. They don't say when the ARCA race starts. They just, the, the note on the NASCAR media website says 6 p.m. track walk, Kansas Speedway. Yeah, but, so they're not Herker racing at six o'clock. So, you know, I guess it's seven or 7.30 then. I, I know it's a night race. Oh. It's not a real long race. So, you know what? That might be a Saturday race. Maybe they're doubleheader in Saturday. I don't know. Practice and qualifying for ARCA on Saturday morning at 9.45. Then, oh yeah, the ARCA race is at one o'clock on Saturday. So what time's the truck race then? Did they move that to Saturday night or like four o'clock? Truck races at seven o'clock. So it is Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. Well, they've a lot of changing around from a normal Kansas show. It's normally Arca Friday, truck Saturday, cup on Sunday. So yeah, doubleheader Saturday. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be fun to see. Uh, okay. So again, Thursday night racing, US 30 Speedway, IMCA points night, and then Lakeside Speedway is also racing that night. USAC 410, Sprint Cars, USRA, Stock Cars, and B-Mods, Hot Laps at 7, Racing at 7.30. Friday is going to be IED Speedway, Hot Laps at 6.30, Racing at uh, 7.15. They're going to be featuring the Malvern Bank 360 Sprint Cars. Modifieds are going to be doing double features, and this is making up for the Driver Appreciation Night that was canceled, was that two Fridays ago? Um, April 29th, I think it was. So, yeah, yeah that'd be I think that was two Fridays ago. Uh, sport again, uh, yeah. six hundred to win for the modifieds in both features. They're going to be doing double features, six hundred to win, hundred to start in both of them. So good paying night for the modifieds. Sport mods are going to be uh, racing for five hundred to win, seventy to start. Uh, stock cars are going to be racing six hundred to win, seventy to start. Bragg and right late models are racing five hundred to win and seventy to start. With the uh, 360 sprint cars, like I mentioned before, they're going to be racing 2,000 to win, 300 to start. What number was it we were talking with Jack Dover? What did he end up winning winning during the spring meltdown? Well, he won like $1,200, but he thought he basically broke even for the weekend. Oh, I thought it was he lost. He still ended up losing money, but 
Well, yeah, he, so, I mean, he just said basically broke even, you know, within a few bucks either way. But, uh, you know, and <laughs> with gas prices, I mean, they just skyrocketed this, this is, past week. No idea what's going on. It's just but, stupid. Uh, I, I was hearing last week, I, I started listening to AP News on my radio just to try to stay up to date with news and try to find something that's not political or leaning one way or the other. And they were talking about they expect uh, gas prices to dip down around three fifty a gallon nationwide before the start of the summer rush, and then back up to like four. Well, it took the complete opposite turn, <laughs> and now we're locally. I mean, here locally in the Omaha area, we pay nationally about the lowest of anybody. Well, we're about roughly twenty five to thirty cents consistently below that national average. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, it's not too terrible, but I mean, I just drove to Des Moines today. Well, yesterday, whatever, Wednesday, we're recording on Wednesday. So I drove to Des Moines today and I saw grass prices pretty much in the norm. The low I saw was three ninety nine. The highest I saw was like four twenty nine. Jesus. So alive. I just, the only thing I could tell you guys is to stop driving as much as you possibly can. Just no. That's all you can I do. I didn't leave the house Friday or Saturday. I didn't you go afoot. You can't <laughs> afford to. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. No matter where you go, it's just, listen, this is getting into something other than racing and we do it every once in a while. So we, I apologize. But the beautiful thing about a capitalist society is as soon as you stop paying the prices, the prices will drop. Stop spending money and inflation will stop. It's not up to the government to necessarily fix inflation. In my opinion, it's up to the consumers. If the carton of eggs is too much money, don't buy that carton of eggs. If the cigarettes are too much money, don't buy that pack of cigarettes. If the beer is too much money, don't, I realize it's a little sacrilege. Don't buy that case of beer. Don't spend the money. Stop spending money. And prices will equalize. Just my two cents on it. I mean, if only if it was that easy. People still got to feed their families and stuff like that. So it's not quite that simple. It sounds good in theory. Well, but but I think it is, though, because during World War II, I've done a ton of research on history. It's one of my favorite things to pay attention to. They had food rationing and there were families that didn't get flour. Flour is an essential ingredient to making it to to feeding yourselves. And Uh, it's only essential to making bread. Yeah, they got a like I want to say the the rations were like a cup or two cups a week. And they oh, made yeah. it work. Yeah. You you can make it work. It takes time, it takes effort, and it takes thought, but you can make it work. Yeah. But that's again, to my two cents, we're getting a little bit sidetracked. I do apologize. Anyways, where was I at? Friday night IAD Speedway. We covered all of that and we went into the sprint car and that's when we ended up in the gas with Jack Dover's comment about know how he ended up with the meltdown and there you go all right uh boone county raceway in albion nebraska hot laps at 7 30 racing at eight o'clock they're going to be doing uh sport mods stock cars hobby stocks late models and the good old time racing association will be out at boone county raceway on friday night crawford county speedway back in action for imca weekly racing action hot laps at 7 30 racing directly to follow sport compacts hobbies Sport Mod Stock Cars Modifieds and Race Saver Sprint Cars. And then Lakeside Night Number Two, they're going to have hot laps at 7.30 with 30. They're going to be featuring the Malvern Bank Super Late Model Series. 
the pure stocks and sport mods and e-mods. Excuse me, I said that wrong. Pure stocks, mod lights, and e-mods. Uh, e-mods don't have really anywhere up north that they're running, as far as I can remember. Yeah, I've never seen uh, never seen any race for them in Nebraska that I could think of, or Iowa. Think I think the e-mods have raced a uh, off race at I eighty once, but it was a it was a touring series that that never really came back, and uh, and that was that. I, I know that who was it that raced e-mods. I want to say it was Cade Richards or yeah was it Cade Richards? Cade Richards, yeah, yeah. He raced E mods before he moved into the uh, modifieds and stock cars. So let's see. I talked yeah, about the uh, where did he run down U.S. thirty six? I think that had to have been it. In I think Missouri. that's where. It, so that that's Friday night again, Lakeside Speedway, Malvern Bank Super Late Model Series down there. Saturday night, Adams County Speedway in action. Hot laps at 6.30, racing at 7. NASCAR weekly racing action. Sport compacts, hobby stocks, stock cars, sport mods, and modifieds. By the way, had a conversation with Lisa Kaziski or Lisa Layton today. And uh, they're uh, obviously, she didn't say this to me, but but you could kind of tell. And, and this is something that's normal. We've talked about it on the show. Modifieds have just struggled at IED Speedway over the last two years. And uh, they're, you know, they're doing the the bonus pay, the double features, 600 to win Friday night. And if you get, if you want to go and race over at ID Speedway, get yourself a temporary license, temporary NASCAR license. I think it's 50 bucks. It's good for 15 days from the day you buy it. And you can race it at ID Speedway and Adams County Speedway. So you could get three or four races in before that temporary license expires and you got to go either to choose to get a full NASCAR license or just go race somewhere else. But you can use it at Adams County Speedway on Saturday nights. Um, also racing uh, Park Jefferson, uh, Hot Lap 630 racing at seven mods, sport mods, stock cars, hobby stocks, compacts, and Nebraska mod lights. I always like watching those guys race. Eagle is going to be doing their rescheduled police tribute night Saturday night. Hot laps at 530 racing to follow. Stock cars, hobby stock, sport mods, modifieds, and race saver sprints. And then Knoxville 410 sprint cars, 360 sprint cars, and your pro sprints, which I believe, I'll have to double check with Chris Krug. I think those are basically unrestricted 305s. I don't know about those. Okay. I thought um, I thought we had, uh, you were there when we had that conversation with somebody at Knoxville, but you know me in details. Shaky yep. at best. All right, so that is uh, the weekend of racing to come. I still have Sunday to get to. Let me pull it up on my phone real quick. By the way, you can find all of this information, one handy location, my race pass. Really simple. All of this information, tickets, everything is available on the My Race Pass app. Houston Speedway is racing Sunday night, and Raceway Park in South Dakota is racing. Let's see, Houston is going to be featuring... 410 Sprint Cars, Race Saver Sprint Cars, and Late Model Street Stocks. Hot laps at 6.30, racing at 7.30. The Malvern Bank Super Late Model Series will be at Central Missouri Speedway on Saturday night, the 14th. 3,000 to win that night. And I'm just seeing if the Hoker Trucking Series will be anywhere. Well, I thought... I thought SLMR was racing at Lakeside also this weekend. Oh, they are. Friday the 13th is Lakeside Speedway. And then Saturday the 14th is Central Missouri. 
The East Series is going to be at Cresco Speedway on the 13th and uh, at Fayette County Speedway on the 14th. All right, so that's the weekend of racing to come. We talked a little bit about the NASCAR Cup Series and the NASCAR Weekly um, Racing at Kansas before, Speedway. Before we go any further, Dawson County's got to be running Sunday night, don't they? Out in Lexington. That's their regular night. Yeah, it is, but I think they're not on the My Race Pass schedule. I thought I was talking with... Um, with Ryan Kumpf, who does racing, who does announcing out there. I thought he said they're off this weekend. Yeah, that could be. That could be yeah. off for some reason. Uh, yeah, they're off. They're not racing anything until May, May 22nd. So they raced last Sunday, May 8th, and then they're back on May 22nd. So they're just taking the cup race off. So Yeah. And uh, speaking of the cup race, like we talked about, ARCA Series, NASCAR Camper Roll Truck Series, and the NASCAR Cup Series all in action this weekend at Kansas Speedway. If you haven't been to a Kansas Speedway race, I highly suggest you guys get down there. It's a great time. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they they don't sponsor our show anymore, so this isn't a paid endorsement. But we have a great time every time we go down there. And I had a great time going down there every time I went just as a fan. And uh, I highly suggest you make sure and spend the extra dollars, get the fan walk ahead of time, and make sure to get the radio rental I could only imagine how lost you would be if you're sitting there watching the race midway through the race and you have no idea of who's racing for what, who's on what pit cycle, who's having troubles. I highly suggest you get the race scanner rental because then you can listen to the MRN broadcast. You can listen to all the uh, channels for all of the teams. You can individually listen to what uh, Chase Briscoe is doing, what Ross Chastain is doing. You can hear their radio chatter between the crew chief spotter and the driver. It's well worth it for the uh, radio rentals. And I, quite frankly, I think it's essential. Never done it, so I don't know. All right, that is the, uh, the weekend of racing to come. There's not a lot of news other than we talked about it. Dirk, you and I talked about it in text message a couple of weeks ago, and we completely forgot to mention it. I feel terrible about it, but uh, a... Big supporter of the front stretch, a past winner for the crewman for a day contest. Tara Ackerson was oh, yeah. was promoted. You, uh, uh, Lieutenant, yeah, the Omaha player, and, and her and her husband David are both uh, with OPD, and uh, yeah, they were past winners of the crewman for the day. One of the races at Iowa. Yeah, uh, you you're kind of cutting out here a little bit there. For some reason, we're getting a bad signal, but. Yeah, you've been doing it too. So, well, but, you're uh, you're doing it. Yeah, first. This is, uh, I was speaking. <laughs> you've been doing it since we got on. <laughs> uh, oh, it's I not me. I, it's I, I'm you. guessing that I'm guessing that's just the hundred mile an hour winds outside causing us <laughs> havoc. <laughs> that very well could be. Uh, Tara and her husband Dave have been huge supporters of the front stretch. Uh, God, going back since, I mean. Close to the beginning, right? Well, I came on in 15, and we started the contest late in 16, October of 16, and I think they won in 18, I think. Yeah. They've been they've been huge supporters of the show. So uh, congratulations to Tara and, and uh, on her, her promotion and well-deserved. And got to tell you, there's, you know, when it comes to the military and the police, um, there's no tougher job. No tougher job. All first responders. I don't care where they're coming from, yeah. but any, any first responder type situation. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So if you happen to know Tara, uh, make sure to give her a big congratulations on her promotion. 
other than that, I don't think there's anything else to talk about. People are still mad about uh, Joey Logano making the move that he did. <laughs> well, Joey I Logano know something has a win. I know some people, something people can quit bitching about. What's that? Uh, the surrogate did her job. Oh, yeah. She had her baby. Uh, Kyle Bush and Samantha Bush are uh, parents once again. Uh, was that was she born this mor- uh, Wednesday morning or Tuesday morning? Tuesday morning, I believe. I thought I read that last night. So yeah, Tuesday morning, I believe. And uh, little girl, I do not remember the name. Oh, I didn't even get it posted. Son of a gun. I'll track it down while we're talking. Also, I as I'm thumbing through the Facebook page for the front stretch and all the news, Shelby County Speedway announced that they are excited to share an update on the 2022 race season. We're looking forward to hosting a practice on Sunday, May 22nd in the afternoon. Registration and details will be posted soon. They're also planning their first night of weekly racing action for June 4th. The schedule will be posted soon. They're finalizing a few details on the racetrack and getting really close to launching their 2022 race season. Stay tuned for updates, and they will share on the Shelby County Speedway Harlan, Iowa Facebook page for more information. So that is uh, getting very, very close to being uh, completed. Yeah, that's good. I know there's a lot of people. I mean, there's been a lot of chatter. Some hate it. Some love it. Why they do it? Did it for the did it for that. Well, fact is, it's done. Yeah. So go race there. You know, keep supporting the track if you were supporting it. I know some people say they don't have a gear for that small track and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But uh, I think, uh, you know, get up there and at least give it a try. To me, it looks like a neat little configuration. It's more of a true oval than the D shape they've been running. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's, it's a tough decision to make, but they decided that it was time to shorten the track. Crawford County Speedway was the other track that I know of in my history that, decided to make that decision also, and, and it's worked out pretty well for them. Um, so it, just go support the track, go race it a couple of weeks and and see what it's like and, and give them time to get used to that kind of a track. It's going to take a little bit of an adjustment period. Yep, that it will. To answer your question, Kyle Bush's new baby girl is Lennox Key Bush, L-E-N-X, L-E-N-N-I-X, Key Bush, born May 10th. At 5.12 a.m., she weighed 6.1 ounces and was 20 inches in length. Uh, congratulations to those two on uh, on having their baby. And uh, and just to, just to clarify what you have said, she didn't weigh 6.1 ounces. Six pounds, one ounce. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, she was, she was a little bigger than one of your chicken eggs, Dan. To, to my defense, <laughs> the post says... 6.1 OZ. <laughs> so it is slightly deceiving, but she was 20 inches. <laughs> That's what I get for reading and reading it yeah. right for once. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Congratulations. But and uh, Braxton's got his little sister that he can rub her nose in the dirt and all that kind of stuff now, too. So, hey, boy, he is. Do you, do you see the videos from him uh, doing carts and racing in cart racing? Oh, the outlaw! The outlaw carts back there in North Carolina are insane. Yeah, and he's picked up and a couple Millbridge, of wins. So Millbridge Speedway. I've been watching stuff from then because of Travis Quaffle, his kid, who's now running a late model for Dale Earnhardt, tore that Mill uh, Millbridge little speedway, that cart track up there. He tore that place up, and uh, you know he's turned into a very talented driver. Like I said, Earnhardt's giving him a shot in his stuff. So. 
Yeah. Um, tough competition. It's where all the racers got their kids racing at. So. <clears throat> we'll see. It'd be interesting to see if he becomes a uh, second generation racer uh, following in the footsteps of his championship caliber father. All right. I think that's going to do it for us for today's show. Anything we miss? Anything we got to cover, Dirk? Um, not off the top of my head. I mean, I'm hoping we, uh, I'm going to still, I mean, we tried to get a, an interview for this show from uh, one of the truck crew chiefs I know, but I'm hoping we can snag him on Saturday for 15 minutes of interview time um, down there at uh, the racetrack. Um, there's a few other truck people I hope we can connect with. And yeah. uh, um, I'm not sure how much chance we're going to have over in the cup garage, but uh, uh, there's a few people I'm, I'm going to try and get lined up while we're down there. Well, I need to reply back to some emails. I sent out uh, like 30 some emails this morning, uh, Wednesday morning, asking for interview requests. And I've gotten a couple of back, including BJ McLeod and, and Matt Tiffs. So we might be able to get those guys on the show, but um we're working on it. Uh, so we'll hopefully get a bunch of interviews down and uh, get you some good content for the next couple of weeks to come. What do you think about, you know, we always seem to run into Johnny and uh, Johnny Sadoff and his family down there. What do you think about tackling them and trying to do an interview with them? With the whole family? Well, <laughs> not, maybe not the whole family, but at least him and Jackson. You know, well, we just had Jackson a couple of weeks ago, but uh, yeah, I don't know if we can, we can hook up with him and yeah. Uh, you know, maybe uh, I'm gonna guess with Eagle running Saturday night, they're they're probably if they're gonna come down, it'll just be on Sunday, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. I but probably but, be at home racing on Saturday. Uh, I think they'll. Uh, I think they will come down uh, on Sunday, and and maybe we can tackle them in the Cup Garage, and and run them over to uh, Chris Morris, the owner of Quaker Second Loop. Run them over there to his trailer and or his uh, his RV and, and sit down and do a quick interview with him, but. Uh, Jackson and Johnny, by the way, uh, something I noted last Saturday night at Eagle raceway between the, in the modified class, either Jackson or Johnny have won the last four or five, six races in the modifieds at Eagle raceway. That's cool. Yeah. Kind of a cool little deal there. I was paying attention. I I noticed as, as, uh, Jackson was crossing the third finish line last Saturday night at Eagle. So uh, I'd, I'd love to talk to them. I, I think that it, it's kind of refreshing to see, to see Johnny uh, still picking up some wins and being dominant in the uh, modified class. Well, he's not near as dominant, you know, I think dominance just too strong a world right now. He sure used to be, you know, he used to be, you know, kind of like Jordan Grabowski or Mike Nick type deal. If Johnny showed up, everybody thought they were racing for second. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. he's dominant enough that he's won three of the last six races there. Well, yeah, everybody gets hot once in a while. <laughs> but, you know, he slowed down. I mean, he used to win six of six races there, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he could go out and race three nights, four nights, and half the time he won all four of them, you know, or all three of them. But that's age kept up, catching up to him and, you know, he's taught other people well, you know, building his cars and whatnot. Yeah. So I think he's doing a good job teaching his son. And I think Jackson's going to be a force to reckon with over the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, in another probably two years, I think he's going to come into his time and I, you'll see him starting to win stuff on the road. He's already doing a little traveling, trying to get the extra seat time, like he told us. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's part of learning with us. 
Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back uh, next Tuesday with more interviews for you. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak & Lube.